In a bizarre attempt at lobbying for gender equality in criminality, a teenage girl has been charged with multiple murder in the great state of Georgia. Ms. Leslie Garcia Juarez was charged with felony murder and aggravated assault in incidents occurring nearly one year to the day and less than four miles away from one another. LGJ is apparently also an advocate for officially designating face and neck tattoos as legal identifiers for individuals with disassociative identity disorder. Well, if you wanted honesty, you've come to the wrong place. For this is the Disinformed Podcast. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. It'll it'll make more sense when you see this lovely lady's picture. I assure you. So check out the headline link. Yeah, I'm gonna do an impression of Michael looking at the picture. Oh, that's a picture. Oh, my <laughs> oh, name's my. Michael. That's so interesting. Where my pig at? <laughs> Where my pig? Uh, I'm going to uh, do an impression of Michael as well. Hot. Nice. You know what's really uh, what's funny to me is that we make fun of you, Michael, but we end up you're part of our inside jokes now, like your expression. So like we'll be out and it's like, well, we can go deeper. Well, only you ask me to. <laughs> only if you or ask. or it'll, it'll turn into now it's like a, it's like, oh that's great. Can you go deeper? <laughs> <laughs> or name five. Yeah, name five. Name five is still my favorite game of all fucking time. Agreed. <laughs> it's, uh, I think I was talking to Jonah about it last night at, um, I, I did Rebels open mic And then we went to my work afterwards And had a couple beers But it's it's, aggre- it's an aggressive question But it's not insulting But it is It like teeters that line You know <laughs> like, Oh you like, you like hot dogs? Name five <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, Courtney and Courtney and Jonah came out to Rebels Open Mic to, you know, to check it out and you know mm. thank you for for coming to to see me play two songs. Um, but I realized that not everyone has gone through the gauntlet of doing open mics. Yeah, so I was some, gonna some... I was gonna say we I, I saw a lot of the usual suspects on the uh, the old stream there. Yeah, so. I didn't realize that it was Courtney's first one. Oh no. So instead of me trying to mansplain an open mic, maybe Courtney can regale you with some of her favorite moments from last <laughs> night. Color me intrigued. I think oh I was telling Becky this. I grew up watching a lot of like Simon Cowell American Idol. So when people sing bad, I just say what I think and you know that's just that's how it goes. And there was a lot of people where I'm like, it'd be really cool if your friends told you not to do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of why I, I enjoy going occasionally is because I want my friends to tell me to stop doing it. <laughs> but you you were honestly the best act well, that we saw because we left pretty shortly after you went on. The girl after you was actually really great, but she was. And, well, thank you, one, for saying that. Um, but two, uh, sign up was at seven. It started at seven thirty. I showed up at seven and almost on the dot. And I was 14. Good was, gracious. And the very, two song limit. Okay. It was a very busy open mic. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, oh. I think oh, oh, we saw we saw someone do a really uh, haphazard cover of "Stronger" by Kanye West, and just danced around saying the N word. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, what else? There was There's oh a couple of people that didn't know their songs. That's pretty far um, for the course. Makes sense. Yeah. There was a guy that just played the guitar or the bass or something at one point. I don't that, remember. That was my favorite actor the whole night because he gets up on stage with a uh, just a standard like four string bass and he gets in the mic and goes, "I'm just gonna play some music for you guys. Just sit back and relax and enjoy your drinks." And then he proceeds to play scales for four minutes, <laughs> um, and then he stops and he goes, uh, his, and there's applause and he goes, "Thank you." And he goes, this next song is my mom's. And I lean over, Logan showed up, and I was like, I was like oh, does he have permission to play it? <laughs> and Logan goes, oh, so this is a cover song. <laughs> and he plays another song, another like four minutes of scales. <laughs> and my, my favorite one, again, like, or I'm making fun of it, but like these people are just trying to figure it out. And I was telling, I was trying to defend some of it last night to, to everyone that was hanging out of like, Shane and I went to these open mics uh, when we first started the band because it's a really good networking opportunity. And uh, you have to, you have to like weed through, it's like, you know, gold mining, you know, you have to, there's a lot of, a lot of sifting, but finally, eventually you find at least like one or two people that like, it's fun to be around or like you enjoy their music genuinely. Um, So as much as I make fun, like it, it's important to workshop, I think. I don't know. Um, John, trying this... to be a uh, you know, PC here and not <laughs> offend any of our contemporaries, I see. Okay. Yeah. There was a gentleman. I think he was like the first or second person playing, and it legitimately made me laugh out loud uh, because he played his first song, and it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And then right when he got into his second song, he goes, also, so I'm releasing this song on Friday. You can find it, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, I'm a lead, I'm, I'm the lead member of this band. He goes, actually, right now, I'm the only member because I just moved out here. <laughs> and I was like, you, you, don't need a, you don't need to qualify. <laughs> you can just be like, yep, this is my band. We got a song coming out Friday. Don't listen to it. <laughs> so, Courtney, to give you a little context for part of the reason I am as emotionally scarred and mentally broken as I am. Uh, I, I hosted time for this list. I hosted an open mic when I was 17 until I was about 20. Yeah, probably just 20 in Havasu okay. every week. Huh. I actually so every Saturday. About, yeah. So I, I, I hosted open mics, and then when I came down to the valley, played a slew of them. So I have been playing and being around folks at open mics since I was probably 16. And wow. this dynamic has never changed. There is always one guy who wants to play the longest songs he knows because he can bogart it. So it's like, oh, two-song limit? Okay. So here's an eight-and-a-half-minute song by Pink Floyd that I'm just going to painstakingly muscle through in spite of the fact that I don't know chords and I can't really strum. And singing to me sounds like a cat mewling on a fucking hot night out in Phoenix. <laughs> oh. Like, I, um, uh, I don't wish I was here, sir. Please stop. Just don't do this anymore. So, yeah, I, I'm a little touchier around open mics than John because I start getting like a real PTSD kind of twitch when I'm there. Because, yeah, I, I would make fun of people as they would get off stage by the end of my hosting. And it was uh, that's why they stopped having me around. I was like the uh, the lady up in Cottonwood. 
you know, just 69. calling out 69. And get up like, to your grandpa, get your free glasses, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, uh, Marcus, uh, I was hitting him up on Instagram about the open mic mm. uh, the day prior to it. And he, there is a list I have in front of me right now of uh, his satire on things that, you know, he goes, uh, will you cry and make people cringe by saying stuff like, I do like free drinks, y'all. Or, thanks for coming out to check me out tonight. Or, so here's my six-minute backstory about my two-minute song. Uh, could I get a perfect monitor mix, please? Uh, my, my next favorite. Uh, if anybody knows the words, sing along. Uh-huh. And tip your bartenders. Um, and I... I gave him one in return because it is at Rebel Lounge. So for our Phoenix listeners, I was like, what if I just got up in there and I was like, hey, remember when this place is called the Mason Jar? <laughs> Which is not a joke for anybody else in this room except for Shane. But So do you remember uh, Mad Coyote Joe at all, John? Did you spend any time of around? Of course I do. All right. <laughs> so uh, this is one of my favorite open mic stories. So Ed O'Connor's, uh, this is one of the first times, and this just proves how Shane at an open mic is probably not a good idea. I went and hung out with Chad all the time, and he made my life a lot better just for his presence. And so most of the time, it was close enough to my house, and I just wanted the companionship so I would go hang out. But the first time I encountered Mad Coyote Joe, he did the monitor mix bullshit. And he sat and strummed and made noises into the microphone. Huh, huh, huh. Can you turn that up a little bit? This isn't is pretty dry. I need a little bit more than this. And he's I'm at the table directly in front of the stage. And as he had finished now three minutes of posturing and turning around and making sure that he was all, I yelled out as Chad sitting next to me with no context of who this man is at all or what his, you know, point of reference. I was just like, you prima donna fuck, would you just play a song already? (laughs) (laughs) How did he take it? Real well. Yeah, he and I, uh, we, we had a little standoff there. Where I was just like, this is not the fucking main stage at Carnegie Hall, you jackass. It's a fucking open mic. Like, you don't need to have pitch perfect. They don't have pitch correction on the mic either. So I'm sure this is going to sound ghastly regardless of how they turn the knobs. Like, he I and feel... I had a nice nice exchange. It was a lot of fun. We're good friends to this day. Yeah. Uh, he's a character for sure. Mm. I feel guilty even at, like show shows. Like, when you're supposed to have somewhat of a modern mix. I mm-hmm. still, even then feel guilty about asking for things when you're when you're on stage the only time i didn't feel guilty was when we did our headliner at rebel uh and that was great because the only reason we i didn't feel guilty is because we loaded in at like five o'clock and we got to take an hour to like fine-tune things actually sound check for once yes uh yeah and carrie was the one who was doing the sound that evening which is why i was so salty because he Ah. she was obviously getting annoyed and I could see it, and Chad labor. was getting upset, so then I was just like, well, neither of them are saying anything, and I'm kind of a third party here, so I can get away with it, because I'm not affiliated here. So, yeah, it was a good time. But uh, what are you going to do? Sometimes you just need to run away from sounds, uh, and uh, some of us just adore sounds, uh, as we revealed, because I realized this discussion occurred off mic last week, where I finally told everyone I am uh, a fiend for ASMR. And, oh, yeah. uh, and we yeah. did not discuss it in out here in the world, but uh, I, I was I went down the rabbit hole and explored some new creators on the tubes of you today. Oh. And 
there are some weird, weird folk out there making strange noises on microphones. So, <laughs> yeah, I saw I some should, of that this morning. <laughs> I should clarify that uh, the things I tend to like are just, you know, sibilance and mouth noises and things like Bob Ross is the thing that triggered me initially. Like he would uh, have a microphone just right next to his throat when he would be speaking. So you would hear the like, like the mouth noises, the swallows, what? all of these things. The... So you can't handle, I'm trying not to do it right into my mic. Too late. Uh, so you can't handle plosives. But well, there's want, a difference. You want to hear someone being throated? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> now, there's a difference between someone who is speaking softly and having delicate, somber tones and then occasionally swallow. I'm not saying this is where I was getting to the level of <laughs> the annoyance level for some of these people who would repeat phrases while <laughs> clicking their nails together and doing with them. It's like, welcome to my channel. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Click, click. Like doing all this stuff, it's like okay, this is not my this is not my power. I I may have misspoke when I say that I enjoy this. So there's one or two people who will softly lull me to sleep by sort of whispering, okay, and, and being quiet. But no, so Michael, for context, this is an important thing. So I started listening to a lot of like last podcast on the left, and John introduced me. So now I've kind of I, gone down a rabbit hole. I can't fucking believe it. I know happened. it's. I got to <laughs> tell you, it's a real love hate thing too because like yes, it is. I I get really like one eked out by the fact that i have lines that these kids are crossing which they're my contemporaries but still i'm like okay they have found the things that they are making fun of people who've been raped and murdered and trying to make it a joke and it's like yeah i'm not comfortable well, with this let's let's clarify that for a second and obviously we don't need to because they're vast like they're very, yeah very we're not taking anything <laughs> away from them my friend but you and i had mentioned not to derail that the earlier episodes they didn't really have tact yes uh, on the situations but nowadays and especially if you get further in yeah like they do have a, a they do treat things a little more respectfully and they do make it a point uh rather often mm -hmm. to be like hey this is this is horrific shit we're talking about, and the only way out is through, and our our medicine's laughter. And, yes, you know that's what we're kind of here they, for. They're is to yeah. laugh at the dark shit. They're so. making a point of saying now that they are not mocking the victims, and they are straying away from that. But I'm still in like the first hundred episodes. And oh, you yeah, are. They are you're just going full you're going tilt. From zero on. Uh, yeah, they're full tilt. No, I didn't go zero on, but I'm like uh, hitting the highlights of like the heavy hitters and random okay. stuff that grabs me. So I'm just kind of going through, and yeah, these first ones are, are rough because they are full tilt bingo the entire time. So what I mentioned to John is I was like, I couldn't believe how professional we sound by comparison. Because there are 100 episodes? Yeah, because it's rough. And so the thing that John's referring to, Michael, and I will give you a sample, and unfortunately for our good friends and listeners here who get to endure this, this is just kind of what I'm talking about, is that uh, Marcus Parks, who is mm -hmm. the primary presenter of most of their material, has got a real hot mic, and he eats it. So, oh. not you. <laughs> so, oh, wow. as he's presenting... Every time he hits a plosive, it makes me almost stagger and fall. It's oh, so heavy. okay. So he's yeah. like, so anyway, on the periphery of the people who are talking on the pum, the pum, the pum, the pum, the pum, pum, and it's doing that, and it's hitting it so hard that I'm feeling like my body start to go off because it's almost like a gunshot to my eardrums is how heavy he's hitting it. And I'm like, God damn, uh, just back off the mic a little, Marcus. Just well, take, also, a, take a breath. Uh, you're a headphone listener primarily. Yes, yeah. I'm it's so right against my skull. That's interesting too. Let's get real meta. 
I listen to podcasts mainly like on my phone. Like I walk around the house or like when I'm getting ready, like it's I don't connect it to a speaker. I'm just using my phone. So you're a trash person. Um, Unless I'm at the gym and then I bring I bring Bose speakers, like loudspeakers. So everyone around me can listen. to. Oh, okay, So total trash person. Good. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. No, uh, I don't listen to a lot on headphones, so the plosives don't don't really kill me. But if I was on headphones when I am, I I see what you, what you mean. It's like getting a, it's like a bad mix. Dude, it's know, not like a, it's not fun, uh, and it distracts yeah. me from the show. I don't hear what he's saying anymore, and so uh, it's great content. They're entertaining. There's some funny cats, for sure. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so you were saying about ASMR. I was going to send you a video last week, and I didn't, of someone literally eating a, the bristles off of a brush. <laughs> oh. uh. The other thing uh. is, like, if I can find that video, I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> the devastation about ASMR, too, like, I love for the people who... I'm just going to torture everybody this week. I'm sorry. Uh, like, as I'm watching some of these things, I'm, like, chilling out in my office, just taking a brief five minutes. They're doing videos where someone is very genteelly and, you know, equitably going like, I just want to take a moment to talk to you all here. And I just want you to feel very comfortable and relaxed. And I just want you to feel calm with me. And so that's happening. And then a fucking ad kicks in. So you will go from this (laughs) super quiet, like, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you watching my video. Do you own Space in Arizona? And you're like, holy fuck. You know, you could solve that problem by just paying for YouTube. No. Forget that. What is he, Rich? Listen. Why do I have to buy the whore when I can get the milk for free? (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Speaking of, though. I don't want to. Sorry, let me invert. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be insensitive. Let me last pod this thing. Why buy the cow when I can get the sex for free? (laughs) Oh, my God. For fuck's sake. You you are a, a walking, breathing quote machine uh, for all the content that you consume, and that's not. A, that's a, yeah, just, I'm a, I'm a pretty a complicated parrot. Yes, I'm yeah. with you. Uh-huh. Um, I had an experience last night where I was watching a movie for the first time, and a quote that you have said came up, and I was like, I've heard this, and it's from Shane. Um, I have never. I'm working through Kevin Smith's uh, filmography. I'm watching, you know, completely in order of release. All right. Uh, so I have never seen Jersey Girl, and I'm almost done with it now. But there's the scene at the beginning where uh, J Lo's pregnant, and she's saying that she, you know, she's going to be around all these coked up whores. Yep. And yeah, so it's like, <laughs> what? Just. Just since I gave the context, will you just finish the uh, finish the damn thing? <laughs> no, honey. <laughs> you could be a coked up whore. I want to be a coked up whore. You could be a coked up whore. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, I started laughing one because the the scene was really cute, mm. um, and then also laughing because I I could hear you saying it in my head. <laughs> yeah, that movie is not as abysmal as everybody says it is. Like, um, there's some really charming moments. It is kind of lower quality. You can tell he's kind of grasping at straws at points. But, I mean, Carlin alone makes that palatable for me. I mean, also the, the gut punch of the, the beginning. Like, the concept alone is a, is a gut punch. But I don't know why. Maybe I was just in my feelings last night. But that, that intro just 
fucking wrecked me. Well, uh, unlike Up, which will do that uh, when oh. you say goodbye to a beloved character right off the start, I, I routinely, the joke for me for years running was that that was my favorite Kevin Smith movie. And everybody was like, why? I was like, I got to watch Jennifer Lopez die. Are you like, you don't get any better than that. Like, I've been begging for that to happen for years. Like, didn't happen in the cell. Didn't happen in Anaconda. Like, they kept teasing me with this concept and she kept coming out on top. And finally, I got to watch the, like, the sweet, sweet grip of death just finally get a hold of her. And I, I'll pay money for that. I'm prepared. And you did. You bought the movie and I you did. probably saw it in theaters, mm-hmm. too. Yep. I own that film. It's a, Plus, that's uh, my introduction to uh, to Sweeney Todd, strangely enough. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Taking to see the cats. <laughs> she's got to go see the cats. And Raquel, she's just delightful. Uh, excellent performance. Uh, Liv Tyler was great in that movie as well. I'm not, I'm not to Liv Tyler yet. Uh, oh, man. I Again, we're back to the John. I, I do things in like five minute bursts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched. I think I have. 40 30 or 40 minutes 40 minutes left okay I, I ended up watching more of it than i thought i was going to so All i right. thought i was just going to maybe like watch the setup and then i'd go to sleep um i and if i would have known that i would only have slept four hours <laughs> i would have just finished the fucking thing and hopefully been more tired and slept a normal schedule but for some reason today my body was like you know what dog you got nothing going on there's no outside stress for you today how about how, how's how's four hours of sleep sound perfect you know, hmm which I was telling Courtney, like, not not to, you know, humble brag or flex or anything, but I sleep fucking great. Like, I huh. don't have a problem sleeping usually anymore. Like, the, that used to be my big complaint. like, oh, I'm an insomniac. No, I was just a fucking idiot. And I wasn't listening to my body and I wasn't forcing myself to fucking sleep. What do you put like a gun in your mouth? <laughs> well, I do that to come. sleeper. I swear to God. <laughs> do you listen to Sam Jackson tell you to go the fuck to sleep before you get in bed, or what? What's your what's your methodology here, champ? I think I was so inebriated by the fact, like when I was younger, of trying to stay up past, like like so when my parents, your dad my parents would give went, you rum and then just you yes. know fuck you to sleep. When my parents went to bed is when like I could get away with watching shit that Linda, I wanted to no. watch. <laughs> Or, like, you know, I had the house to myself or whatever. So, like, I feel like I, I programmed myself to, like, want to outlast. And I think that fucked me up going into the future. And, um, yeah, it turns out being an adult is kick-ass. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, uh, on the on the subject, oddly enough, Kevin Smith only usually sleeps four hours a night, usually. Yeah, and he had a heart attack. Yeah, he functions on, you know, <laughs> the good old uh, micro naps, as they call it, or, uh, you know, he, he he refuses to to sleep the night through any longer. You mean like um, the Uberman sleep cycle? Yep. He's he's oh, of the he's okay. of the opinion that you know he he doesn't require that much sleep anymore. He wants to be as productive as he can. So he's a wake and bake stoner, Sounds and he exhausting. only sleeps four That's hours terrible. a night. Speaking of being a wake and bake, uh, that was Michael today. There's my transition, my friend. <laughs> I'm trying to get us there. You are. I'm you not kidding. Really I try to steer this fucking ship. I really do. <laughs> like I I'm trying to get there. I just want to see the gerbils inside of your brain. They're hamsters. All the hamsters thank you. on wheels. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Like the gerbils is a Richard <laughs> Gere thing, and the, I just the my... gerbils are south. Yeah, my brain's being penetrated, just not in that way. Not little scratchy uh, things with claws. Well, Michael can go deeper, but only if you ask me to. Well, speaking of how deep are so have you all have you all hit yet? I mean, are are you do you need to get fully infused? Oh, well, 
I'll I'll let the woman speak for herself. <laughs> is, it, is it my turn? It's, yeah, it's your turn. Where's going to be my time? <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm great. I'm super great. Uh, nice. That'll learn us. Again, uh, for context, yes, we should probably talk about a little bit of, of Courtney's experience for today oh, just to help yeah, familiarize folks. For sure. I don't care. I'm no problem talking about it. So I had a lymph node biopsy this morning um the scar they left me with is about two and a half inches long it's much bigger than what we discussed because my lymph node was much more swollen so they're sending it out to see if i have cancer which is really awesome um it is awesome it's been three years since my last cancer scare so it's about time um but we have a friend who works in the marijuana industry and he grows and he makes products and He fortunately has been able to help a buddy of ours who has stage four cancer actually be able to eat again and like get through his chemo. And so Jonah reached out to him and it was like, Hey, like this is what's been going on. Like, can you hook it up? And so he made me some, they're like fruity pebble rice, crispy treats Mm. and they're infused and they are wonderful. Um, They feel way better than all the, like the weird narcotics that I'm currently on because I, Still coming out of the anesthesia. <laughs> right. So um, you get a pass for the evening, is what we're saying. Is uh, <laughs> that you're, yeah. you know, you're you're kind of emerging from a fog bank presently, and uh, so we're we're gonna have to clarify. <laughs> it may well, be a little difficult for you to just kind of, you know, navigate this like, nonsense. I feel like I probably speak maybe a little bit slower, but I'm very cognitive. I don't like get a head high. Okay. Um, and even I slept 45 minutes last night. I was just on edge. Uh, I went and stood in the shower for an hour and was just like, I don't know, this is fine. But I will say this morning, for some reason, I was really sharp when they got me into the, like the hospital bed and we were ready to go. And the nurse is like, are you ready? And I was like, well, yeah, but do they have like the YouTube tutorial pulled up? Like, are they ready for me? (laughs) And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, how else is he going to know how to do this surgery? And so she she busts up and she's like, that is the funniest thing anyone has ever said. And I was like, well, the thing is, like, usually when you get rolled into an operating table, at least in my experience, the other four surgeries I've had, they knock you out and then they take you into the operating room. But today I went into the operating room fully conscious, helped move myself onto the operating table, got strapped huh. down, and then they gave me the narcotics. And I was like, where's this? I don't see the screen with the video. Like, how how's he going to do this? So, uh, The anesthesiologist was also, he thought that was pretty funny. And then they just started telling jokes until I passed out. So that was really great. That's great. <laughs> and that's when the cannibalism started. <laughs> what was that? Um... I love, in particular, when Courtney showed up to my house today, because I'm opening the door, and one, I, I, I don't know, I'm, I have a case of the dumbs always, so I'm like, can you handle stairs? <laughs> can you walk up the stairs? And she's like, yeah, or I think Becky just walked in, she goes, it was under her armpit, not her fucking legs, like, she's fine. <laughs> um, Listen, I don't do Court- these drugs. <laughs> Courtney's first words to me was something to the effect of, and if you remember it, please, uh, was, I'm just... I think or you were saying it to Becky. You're like, I'm just here to prove that I'm better than Michael, that I can do this after a, a surgery the same day and he couldn't even handle an episode with a fucking migraine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. That's the gauntlet thrown then. Shit. Shots fired. <laughs> so I don't know that. Uh, 
I feel like that sums up uh, the big, you know, the big energy, you know. Um, but I, she brought me. Um, so I'm pointing like people can see this. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Uh, she she brought me a little sliver of the uh, the the edibles in question. Okay. And I, I took a little nibble uh, before we jump back on for the the podcast. So I feel I feel good. Okay. Well, you you both are entirely too lucid. Uh, I was I was under the impression that the, the reefer I mean, I could... madness would have set in by now. Here, okay. So describe what you're seeing. I you you've got a dick in your hand. It's very That's tiny and metallic. But... Uh, it's a pencil dick. Yeah. Yeah. You're sucking it now, and it ejaculated into your face. Okay, and I've just taken a little bit of a rip. We'll see what happens. Rips not roids, bud. <laughs> because because Shane's been trying to segue to this. The rip and run. What are we talking about today? Oh, I got topics for you, my friend. We're going to talk about Colonel Harlan Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Plot <is> twist. <laughs> Clawfunger. Welcome to Colonel's, the KFC podcast. Colonel Sanders X. This is Chicken in space. No, this is actually now Colonel Harlan Sanders rose from the grave on April 23rd, 2017. <laughs> oh, my God. He began stalking to... pets and eating his family members around That's his a... grave. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. I was trying to make a Jason X joke. Yes, yes. That they froze him and then sent him up into a space shuttle, and then he awakens, and then he starts killing the camp counselors in space. <laughs> Colonel Zombie. Gravy lover. Yes. Uh... For those who are unfamiliar with this glorious little podcast and you have now managed to maneuver your way to the 30-minute mark with us, having no clue what we typically do here, we will usually delve into a random esoteric topic, and in the course of explaining it, we will lie about it to one another. That's the shtick, that is the presentation, and it has been lots of laughs and loads of fun for now 93 full episodes up until today. So Mr. Michael is going to take us on what I imagine to be a Wonka Vader straight to hell as we talk about something that is going to uh, go to the, the deepest of depths and the highest of highs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before I mention the lies, I, I want to do the little intro. Mm -hmm. Courtney, just, just so you know, before you um, ask me in the middle. Um <laughs> So, I know this episode isn't anywhere close to April 20th, but let's travel back in time to the less confusing and less scary times of 4-20-21. What simpler times we're in. Now, since Arizona got them legalized recreational Mary Jane... What year is uh, it? All the <laughs> There's still time! <laughs> now, since Arizona got them legalized recreational Mary Jane, all those who partake and that can do so legally should light up a doobie, because today we're talking about a pretty dank topic. Michael, do you think that when you finally like get further into weed that you're going to stop sounding so goddamn white about it? No, I wanted. <laughs> I, I wrote this whole thing like that. I'm I imagine sorry. this is what like having an assistant principal sounds like, like going to the assistant principal's office and they're just like... Bookmark that. We have a oh, question no. to end this episode. <laughs> just, just teasing it now. <gasps> anyway. Oh, no. So, scared. Um, Courtney, I should tell you that drugs are real bad. <laughs> And uh, it can dramatically impact how you relate to other people and uh, how you eventually uh, relate to your future partner. And um, 
I noticed you have that promise ring, and uh, you shouldn't uh, <laughs> you shouldn't roll a joint that's bigger than that ring. It's oh. always been my guiding principle and the ballast that has held me in good stead for the entirety of my being. The assistant principal at this school and I, uh, Kitty Diddler. Wait, I wasn't sir, supposed to say that out loud. Sir, this is, uh, this is a Wendy's. Oh, well, can I have a Baconator, please? Listen, I, I want to eat her, too. This. I usually don't do this, but you have to get the fuck out of here. Ate her. <laughs> Damn near killed her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we're talking about a brief history of weed <laughs> leading up to its prohibition in the U.S. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I do want to start by giving a warning that there's going to be some racism sprinkled about. Uh, we are what? talking about U.S. history. Is that history all based on your own opinions, <laughs> yeah. or is that just like That topical? wasn't a really good trigger warning. That just makes it sound like, all right, so I'm going to talk about this, and I'm going to get really racist for a second. I'm going to tell you what I really think. Here's some. Here, I'm going to drop some hard facts here. Here you go, John. <laughs> uh, I didn't oh know you liked God. to get wet, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to try my best to approach it as gently as possible, but just remember that I'm white <laughs> why, trash. Why can't you write? <laughs> I oh can't. Sorry, I just I'm like not, being cool, well, I, and I'm no, not. No, no, you're doing fine. I'm just a <laughs> child. Just for you saying, I'm going to approach it as gently as possible. Just, just phrasing is a big, big deal. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, put that as the new intro to the show for season three. By the way, I just like being cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, if you clip that, it'll come. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Huh? Huh? Now, before I begin in earnest, oh. I do want to mention the difference between hemp and marijuana, because okay. that will be important. Important, yes. Um, yes. According to U.S. law, hemp refers to the sterilized seeds, stems, stalks, and roots of the cannabis plant, whereas marijuana refers to the, air quotes, viable seeds, uh, leaves, and flowers, whatever that means. I assume it's seeds that have been processed in some way that they can be smoked. I don't know. You can smoke my seed. Oh, yeah. I'm fairly certain that with different strains of marijuana, like there are certain types of plants that can reproduce and certain types that can't. So they may be referring to that. Oh. Well, here at the park, okay. uh, they're all they're all female. Listen, I don't want to smoke nothing that can't reproduce, all right? That ain't legal in my <laughs> eyes nor the eyes of the Lord that I love. It's a sin and an offense to God if my weed can't get busy and make baby weed. Green baby. <laughs> While John and Courtney probably ingest... Fuck me. The <laughs> say, it as, say it as you fucking wrote it, motherfucker. While John and Courtney probably ingest the dank kush known as marijuana for its <laughs> psychoactive effects... <laughs> hemp has virtually non-existent levels of THC, the drug that causes one to get high. Hemp is used for a variety of products, from hemp and clothing to construction and food, not to mention that can be used to create various forms of CBD oil, which itself uh, has many medicinal uses that I won't get into detail here. Hmm. The cannabis plant has been used by various civilizations, going all the way back to classical Greece, which I did not know. Is this still your preamble? Still your, yeah, this is, yeah, this, yeah this, is, this is the intro, a okay. little bit of history. All right, good. Literally... Not even a paragraph. Yeah, how of... many lies are in this intro? Well, oh, yes. I'm sorry. I got, I got too That's why I here. asked. I, I wasn't sure if we were going to clarify lies up front or if you'd begun the I... presentation. Yes, that is, that's a fair point. I got off track by other things. Okay. 
there are five lies in the whole presentation. Done. Okay. Yes. So, the cannabis plant has been used by various civilizations going all the way back to classical Greece. Uh, in fact, the oldest written record goes back to Aristotle, who first encountered the plant being ingested by the Indian slaves taken during Alexander the Great's military conquest of the Indian subcontinent. This is all well and good, but since this is an American podcast, we're only going to focus on America from here on out. America! We're number one. I'd be yeah. the worst. Hemp in the U.S. goes all the way back to the beginning of American history. That's right. I'm talking 1619. Nice. Hemp was... Sorry? There's a 6-9 in there somewhere. Yes, it's just separated by a one. They're just exclamation points gone horribly awry. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) hemp was an important cash crop for the growing American colonies, to the point where King James I required every property owner in Jamestown to grow 100 plants of hemp for export. Jamestown. No, that was true. Failure to do so would land you a fine or even jail time. Uh, in nineteen in 1619, the Virginia colony passed a law requiring hemp to be grown on every farm in the colony. Around the same time, the crop was considered a proper form of currency in Virginia, as well as in Pennsylvania and Maryland. Mm-hmm. In fact, it was such an important form of currency that during the Revolutionary War, American soldiers were frequently paid in hemp when food supply and money was low. Man, that's a kicking the balls (laughs) i know you can't have food but here's something that's going to give you the munchies if you just hold on to this hemp i bet you it'll be worth something when we break free of britain well no he's saying that that uh, hemp doesn't have those properties so oh i'll give you some properties it would just be a bitch to try and eat it just probably you know tastes like (laughs) skunk shit Mm, eating clothes um clothes or cloves cloves yes either way yes um our first president George Washington, uh, for those who did not know that, uh, actually grew hemp at his plantation. Is that bullshit? No, that was not. Uh, even I think it was even his official, uh, the website that officially covers his estate or something had said that. Uh, there's, I have a large amount of show notes for this. Um, there's a th- website that, that legally covers his estate? As in, like, the website that is tied to his historical estate. Okay, I was like, action items from the Washington Monument today. Whoa! Was it actually Um, used as currency in Maryland? It was. Yeah. Interesting. Um, All right. Yeah. So, spending a, uh, a couple centuries of doing nothing but growing, the United States hemp production reached its peak following the Civil War. Um, however... This is where we go from happy times uh, to completely over-the-top racist times. <laughs> and we never left. Yeah, and we never left. And we never left. Uh, I just, that's a t-shirt a that I, I am looking forward to in the great state of Arizona. <laughs> completely over-the-top racist <laughs> times. <laughs> the 50th, uh, the 48th state. <laughs> in the Union? Indeed. Yeah. Ooh-wee. Towards the end of the 19th century, marijuana beca- began creeping its way into all sorts of medicinal products uh, to the point where said products were required to be labeled as such with the Pure Food and Drug Act in 1906. 
Um, this was a good idea uh, because this was the age of the snake oil salesman. Uh, and regulation helps rein in those people trying to sell stupidly dangerous medicinal re- remedies. I had found a picture of an early version of Coca-Cola listed um, where the ingredients listed for this early version of Coca-Cola listed alcohol, cannabis indica, uh, the fancy name for marijuana, uh, chloroform, and morphine as ingredients. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on the weed being included in the Coca-Cola. So and the morphine, I thought it was just coke. cocaine. Yeah, Coca-Cola. no, you're right. So it actually wasn't um, an early version of Coca-Cola. I but I do have a picture of cough syrup with all four of those ingredients listed. Color me intrigued. Um, yes, <laughs> and it's actually a separate list on the show notes. Um, actually, I can. Even I mean, show you sure you, guys you sure so can. You can see it. Yeah, you can share that screen. I will. You wrap I that will. rascal. Mm-hmm. And how? Let's we see, right? shall. Here. So you guys can see. One night, trademark cough syrup, alcohol, it's a cannabis, chloroform, and morphine. I like that it's uh, one night cough syrup. <laughs> yeah, considering all that stuff will just knock you out. Just, I mean, it'll stop the cough. It's also going to knock cough, you dead, you apparently, because yeah. it's, it's advertising like, you ain't going to use well, this hey, again. It's, it's less than 1% alcohol, so it's not that bad. Oh, well, when you mix it with everything okay, else. Okay, so now is this the date rape drug of the, you know, 1900 <laughs> or the 1800s now? It's just like, give her that one night cough syrup. I guarantee she ain't going to be coming to by the time you're coming to. She won't be coming to at all. Um, <laughs> she will. But to also answer the question that you had earlier about Coca-Cola, it did have cocaine, alcohol, and caffeine. Mm-hmm. The caffeine was actually from a cola uh, tree nut which is where the cola comes from, the, the part of uh, Coca-Cola. Cola? cola? I thought cola, cola came from the balls. It is not cola. It is cock. No, no. <laughs> pee. Pee is stored in the balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a lottery I don't want to win, my friend. <laughs> Bingo. So, so remember how I listed all the products that hemp could be is used for? They're stone. The they don't remember anything, Michael. That's fair. Sober or stone, um, I never remember. Just know that. The water remembers, so, though. It always remembers. Uh, hemp is used in construction and clothes. Mm-hmm. Clothes. Pretty much you name it. Yeah. Clothes. Yep. Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, well, the hemp industry was in fierce competition with a bunch of other industries from the lumber industry for paper and pulp products to clothes, as well as even the oil industry. Yes. One such major company, the DuPont Company, had made several discoveries, including a process to make high-quality paper uh, from wood pulp and nylon. Sorry, I didn't uh, spread that out there. (laughs) Included a process to make high-quality paper from wood pulp and also discovered nylon, an important synthetic material used for making all sorts of products from clothes to tents to carpets to even automobile parts, which I did not know. Mm. The nylon is not bullshit? It is not. Okay. Um, they they do have the patent for nylon, the DuPont company. Okay. Yes. And they also kill, you know, wrestlers, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. As the actually, I don't get that reference. It's so I can't uh, the, the the John Dupont, the uh, team fox catcher thing. We'll we'll, we'll catch it on the next oh round. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, 
But a descendant of that family lineage went off the deep end and, uh, you know, shot somebody with a handgun like you do. Do I smell an episode? (laughs) I mean, if you're intrigued enough, I suppose. I am. I am. So, as the American capitalist pigs we most certainly are, (laughs) we... We know that competition isn't necessarily good for business. Why control 50% of the market when you can control 100% of the market? So, there began a push to make hemp illegal in order to eliminate the competition. And, what better way to start a push than with the media and someone high up in the government? And I realized I could have turned that into a reference to the beer hall push, but I was not that smart. Yeah, man, how dare you? That the beer hall good, push is when um, it's one of my Hitler fav- tried to take power and he failed. Oh, I thought you were referring to the Mighty Mighty Boston's tune of the same name. It's one of my favorites. Oh, uh, no. No, I was not aware of that. It's no. probably not a song, Michael. Uh, sorry. We lie on this show, Nero. my friend. Yes. I, yeah, yeah, I hate to tell you. Uh, well, have any of you guys... Fuck me. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I got way too I used for to talking the entire episode, I'm so sorry. now I forgot that lulls happen. Yeah, he's, he's had four... Yeah. You've had four... In, or Wait. Yeah, I, like I've, six, I've been... Six uh, hours, maybe. It's been a long nice jaunt of me just listening to myself talk. So well, it's I'm, just going to make Michael's job uh, harder because he's going to have to you know, actually edit now. Looking for killing That's, that dead air. Hmm... <sighs> Tasty dead air. Tasty, tasty. Have any of you guys ever heard of William Randolph Hearst and the idea of yellow journalism? Ah, I I figured you would at least know, or at least know of that concept of yellow journalism. I was a uh, I was a gentleman who was planning on being a journalist at one point, my friend. So uh, yeah, Mister Mister Hearst and I were good. Guy owes me fifteen bucks. (laughs) Good, good pull. (laughs) Beautiful big titted women don't just fall out of the sky, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Billy Hurst, as I like to call him, was a newspaper mog- mogul. Mogul? Yeah, muggle. <laughs> Ma- <A> mogul. Mogul. Published newspaper. Don't feed Billy after midnight. Otherwise, we're going to have a headline you don't want to read. And I have a new headcanon. <laughs> Billy the Mogwai. All right. Oh, <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> Makes me uncomfortable. So Billy Hearst, um, as I like to call him, was a newspaper mogwai uh, <laughs> whose empire stretched from sea to shining sea. His newspapers popularized yellow journalism, a tabloid style of news reporting that was exaggerated, crude, and sa- sensationalistic. Not something that refers to disparaging people. We are not keeping that racist thread going here, friends. Uh, one blog, uh, to give more a more modern interpretation or modern definition of yellow journalism, you can think of it as 19th century clickbait. It was pretty much just headlines that were supposed to be completely incorrect or factually incorrect. Or, you know, if you do any sort of actual reading into it, you find it. You want stuff to be incendiary because you want people to buy papers. There's no Mm -hmm. point in selling stuff that no one's interested in. So it the, you know, early equivalent of sex sells. You want to put something in a headline that's grabbing for the audience. 
Similar to today, the American public in the early 20th century was largely unconcerned with corporate profits and competition. Uh, Billy Hurst, in his experience slinging bullshit, knew what motivated the average citizen, sensationalism and fear. He knew that, in order to move public opinion against hemp, he had to make it inseparable from the psychoactive marijuana, and to do that, he had to connect the old Mary Jane with something the American people always view with suspicion. Racial minorities. Yikes. Ooh. Mm. That's an oof. That definitely is. From 1910 to 1920, Mexico was undergoing the very destructive Mexican Revolution, uh, which caused a large influx of Mexican refugees to cross the border into the United States. Uh, This would have already had an effect on the average citizen. Just look at the border crisis going on still, um, if you want a good example. Um, But when Billy learned that some refugees smoked that dank kush to help escape the reality that was fleeing the destruction of homes and livelihoods, it was all old Billy Hurst needed. So white. So white. Here's a uh, couple of samples of newspaper articles. Is the Mexican nation locoed, that was in air quotes, by a peculiar weed? No. Deadly marijuana. No, No, that is not bullshit. It's bad. Deadly marijuana rolled in cigarettes becomes the curse of the Southern Republic and may account for the bravery of greaser bandits who defy the United States. Yep. (sighs) Pretty insensitive. Yeah, that's Was it... Was it marijuana, the new Mexican drug that nerved the murderous arm of Clara Phillips when she hammered out her victim's life in Los Angeles? Three-fourths of the crimes, which was in all caps, of violence in this country today are committed by dope slaves. Oh, my God. That is a matter of cold record. And there was probably no citation for that. No, certainly not. No. Also, I just wanted to (laughs) let you know, Michael, that I think the disinformed clips folder... Uh, is going to grow <laughs> two sizes this day. <laughs> I hope so. I need more tasty, tasty Michael clips. Ooh. Mexican dream drug feared here wafts user into condition of coma and leads in the end to insanity. So maybe the person that uh, you know was in uh, part of the whole sleepy uh, time tea who wrote everything while in a coma, mm. maybe he just smoked some weed. Because you start with coma, and then you lead to insanity. Where do you so, get that weed? I've makes... not, I have no experience with that one. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being in a coma yeah. for a minute. I believe it's yeah. called wacky weed. Ah. <laughs> the wacky tobacco. Indeed. It's pronounced wacky. <laughs> oh, I have his third record. <laughs> Got some tasty cuts on it. And... Because I have done previous episodes about moral panics, um, the fatal marijuana cigarette must be recognized you know, as a deadly a moral panic. I'll have you know. Why are you Mike. fucking Han- Hank Hill in this yeah. whole thing? Where, why, where did the... why is it marijuana? <laughs> yeah. When did like when did you decide? You decided literally it was a choice twenty minutes ago that you're like, all right, I'm going to say it normal for a little while, and then I'm going to go juana. So. Older versions of marijuana were spelled in newspapers with H instead of J. That's bullshit. Because I think that's closer to... No, it is not. Um, I think that's closer to the uh, Spanish um, 
fly? Spelling. You the also word? just totally milady malorded that uh, the, that question. Why'd you start doing it as Wano? Well, you see, uh, back in the day, it was spelled with an H. Not I was. A. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Milady. I say that because I was reading these articles as H's in the time. Ah, yes, okay. yes, yes. All right. So. The fatal marijuana cigarette must be recognized as a deadly drug, and American children must be protected against it. This propaganda grew in intensity over the next few decades. Uh, Ads presented marijuana as weed with roots in hell. That led to (laughs) badass, weird orgies, wild parties, and my favorite, unleashed passions. Indeed. Parents were warned that marijuana was, quote, a vicious racket with its arms around your children. Can I, can I go bullshit on that one? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, you can, but it, no, it's all true. Oh, fun. Uh, speaking of <laughs> things that damage people's children, though, not to sidebar this because we do this all too You're often. About but Sam? No, have you heard? <laughs> yeah, she emotionally scars them. It's a little different. She's not Gacy in him or anything. But uh, have you heard this nonsense of, from people in Florida that are arguing against mask mandates in school because they claim that it provides pedophiles and child traffickers a firmer foothold in abduction because you can't identify what kid is missing because they're wearing a mask and you can't say who stole them what in the actual what the yes i just listened to someone give an impassioned (laughs) speech to like a florida school board today wow Uh, and that was the claim and of course is this is god's country here in florida it's like oh yeah it's god's waiting room you stupid there we go i was hoping you'd say it yeah surprisingly to uh give another story from arizona Uh, the Scottsdale School District um, actually closed one of their meetings early. They adjourned it. I think it was last week or the week prior as of this recording um, because so many people came in not wearing masks. <laughs> and they were like, we, we can't have a meeting with everyone here not wearing masks, so we're just shutting it down. And they literally adjourned the meeting well, right then and there. I've, I've seen recording of it. Yeah. And I was like, huh, I wouldn't have believed it was from Arizona. At all. It's, it is the worst yeah. time for me to try to take people up on the dare of America, love it or leave it. Like, I'm I'm trying. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting out applications. <laughs> it's like, will, will you take me in Zimbabwe? Because I'm willing. I feel like uh, as long as you have an internet connection, you're fine. You know? yeah, 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 sure. That's I don't need lab. the internet. I've proven this. I, I have media that travels with me. It is known. Indeed. I'm sorry, Michael. Please continue. But yeah, I was no, so no, agog by that. I was like, I can't continue to live in this country. <laughs> like, I just, we are on a gyroscope of craziness right now that is in constant perpetual motion. And I just don't know when when the joke is going to end. I keep waiting for the punchline yeah. and it hasn't happened You're sitting yet. You're like, what's the joke? I mean, we're in a state that's currently auditing an election that took place seven oh months ago. And that's just, yeah, I can't. My brain's just not processing things any longer i quit yeah just reading all the all the articles about that how it's not even really an actual audit like an actual count they're yeah. doing things vi- wildly inaccurate uh-huh. it's like william randolph hearst uh, set this thing up on its own it's uh, it's all orchestrated God. by big media speaking of which back into your topic in 1936 a church group made a film originally titled tell your children in it 
high school students try marijuana and pay a high price. I am going to call bullshit. Was this not called Reefer Madness? It was originally called Tell Your Children. Okay. Um, it actually was screened in various other areas of the country and went by several multiple different titles. Okay. Uh, Doped Youth, The Burning Question, and Reefer Madness. The Burning Question is something you should speak to your doctor about. <laughs> it only burns when I pee. Um, some, of the re- some of the results of their descent into drug-crazed abandon are hallucinations, insanity, manslaughter, a satanic orgy, and a hit-and-run accident. Uh, your propensity to throw things into lists makes me want to call bullshit on it, yeah. but uh, the only thing I can think of would be that the accident is probably the only thing that sounds like uh, something you'd come up with. No, the hit-and-run accident was I don't was feel in... like okay. manslaughter fits the category. It is? I was going to say, the death well. is one of them. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm familiar yeah. enough with that. But you guys are getting pretty close. There is one. In okay. There. Well, uh, I I want John to give a try before I'll. No. Well, I was it. gonna say I'm holding myself accountable to the same functionality that you know I hold you all to. So if I don't get it directly, you know I'm I I don't think you have to disclose it. I'm gonna admit. But go ahead, well, John. Uh, I was gonna say I'm gonna admit. Yeah. Uh, the edible has started to take hold. <laughs> it was a lot of we fun. Were just, it, we were 15 miles outside of Barstow <laughs> when the drugs began it, to take Courtney hold. Courtney saw the amount that I took. It wasn't a lot, but no. I can feel it. It's, it's very nice. Um, say the list again. So, hallucinations, insanity, manslaughter, a satanic orgy, and a hit-and-run so, accident. Satanic orgy. Yeah, that was okay. the bullshit one. Yes. Um, it's a little early, but yeah. Yeah, especially because I already did a callback to the Panic episode, so, you know, if I can't do it again. Panic where the dicks go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's good. Now, (laughs) I said it on that episode, too. (laughs) Well, then, that was good. But I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad for the validation. I do need it from time to time, so thank you. (laughs) Now, if it were just the media... Talking about how dangerous weed was, it wouldn't really matter, right? You know, as long as Congress and the government weren't telling me how I can't smoke that Kush, then it's all fine and dandy. I hate you so much. Oh, Why did we let you do this? I'm also mostly offended because now you're making me want to order Chiba Hut, and I'm getting really <laughs> upset at you because I don't have a sandwich or a meatball here to help me to eat my feelings and get through this episode. I've never been there. Is it good? Yeah, it's okay. Oh my god, it's phenomenal! It's, yeah. Furthermore, uh, if you yeah. do like uh, like baked cereal bars, they have a medley of them. They have you know like uh, chocolate flavored, fruit flavored, and then just a regular Rice Krispie. Melissa swears by them, and I enjoy them as well. But they do them with interesting cereals, so they'll take like you know Captain Crunch. And put it together with uh, Fruity Pebbles or things like that. There was a Cinnamon Toast Crunch and Cocoa Pebbles combination a while back that I was really fond of. So, yeah, they're exquisite and I absolutely approve. And they have uh, local musicians playing in many locations. Our good friend Martine used to play at a Chiba Hut fairly regularly. So I I heartily approve of the franchise. Nice. That's awesome. Shoot, I didn't know. But yes, all of their, uh, the sizes of all of their things are uh, like, you know, blunt or nug. And uh, so, So uh, but there's a lot of, you can order. They have a sandwich called OG Kush, I believe. So Shane knows the lingo, but just not in a way that you would expect. (laughs) 
I, I know it relative to the things that would entice a fat man is that it's a sandwich size. So I'm like, yeah, I know me a sandwich. <laughs> See, that's why I don't need weed, because I don't need any further incentivization to, you know, just glut myself into a state of absolute <laughs> obesity. Well, I'm sure that uh, Michael might bring this up, but I feel like a situation where you might imbibe or, you know, enjoy some cannabis would be like instead of taking pain pills, like if you had like major huge surgery instead of trying to well, get hooked on oh, fucking yeah. like vicodin and shit you know <laughs> i'm uh, i'm looking forward to again this is how i'm gonna get my early retirement is uh i have had so many people offer to pay me money to witness me get stoned that i'm i'm just gonna set it up one-time pay-per-view There's and i will fans. probably be able to get yeah. at least two years salary out of just selling that or so I'm, I'm looking forward to it and your mom's gonna love it um it's part of your patreon you know it's uh you know, it's an so interesting way up, to go sign up for shane's crazy wild ride and i'll uh, tell you the tier amounts of subscriptions but they have to keep it for like six months or a year so you have to really get in that monthly sub before you have to be obligated to take the drug it's gonna turn into my go fuck me i think it's, um. no it's basically like <laughs> fuck me to the grave patreon like <laughs> sure uh my mom actually has friends who routinely uh imbibe uh, the uh the the marijuana as michael would say it and uh, so we we've had many discussions about weed my mother and i, and I but uh let's not norman bates this any further than we've already done <laughs> but quick before michael gets there i don't know if this is a good or bad thing shane but i would actually pay you money not to do drugs i don't want to see i also i appreciate that see that yeah, I I'm I'm probably going into the ground as uh, as as you know straight edges as, as humanly possible. So, other than the murder, I I've been super clean for sure. There you go, and that's what matters. Murder matters, and that's what matters. I'm Michael. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> and how? Enter the Secretary of the Treasury, Andrew Mellon, who was also heavily invested in the Dupont Company. Mm-hmm. And so, had a lot to gain from removing the hemp competition. As nepotism isn't new, when the Federal Bureau of Narcotics was formed in 1932... The Federal Bureau? That's so cute. Either that or uh, he had some some purry dogs living in him. And that's how I know that Courtney's feeling good, too. I was like, I thought I said it. I wonder if there's oh. some rabbits in black suits down there in that burrow of investigation. I don't know. Let me go take another look. Well, I tend to find the Shut the are fuck very- up. <laughs> See, this is the unfortunate byproduct of exposing me to a show where somebody routinely does voices. Is I'm like, man, I haven't been flexing on this shit at all for almost 100 episodes. So now I'm just I'm three. turning in. I'm bringing voices in early, motherfucker. You better get ready. So, uh, when the Federal Bureau <laughs> of Narcotics was formed in 1932, Mellon's nephew, Harry Anslinger, was named its head. For those thinking about it, uh, marijuana is not a narcotic, um, but that didn't stop Anslinger from helping lead the campaign against it. It was actually Anslinger who popularized the Spanish name for the substance, uh, marijuana. Uh, This was a smart tactic, as it painted cannabis as foreign and exotic. Mm. Uh, By making it seem like an external threat, criminalizing it 
made it feel like keeping America safe. That's that's using your melon. Mm. Mm. Damn it. <laughs> no. No. These connections, <laughs> uh, coupled with uh, some good old American, they're taking our jobs. Jerbs. <laughs> Uh, led to the idea um, for marijuana prohibition to spread quickly across the country. Nailed uh, to it. Give a f- I'm proud of you. To give a few examples of what was being said in newspapers across the country, marijuana, perhaps, the, perhaps now the most insidious of our narcotics, is a direct byproduct of unrestricted Mexican immigration. Mexican peddlers have been caught distributing sample marijuana cigarettes to school children. This was a 1935 letter to the editor on the New York Times. I'm over here, kid. I'm going to give you a little try before you die. (laughs) Want some death sticks? You don't Um, want to sell me death sticks. You don't want to sell me death sticks. (laughs) I wish I could show you what a small marijuana cigarette can do to one of our degenerate Spanish-speaking residents. Oh, Jesus, God that's why <laughs> I told. Oh. I know this is bad. I know. I we've been prepped. Man, that's that's why our problem is so great. The greatest percentage of our population is composed of Spanish-speaking persons, most of whom are low mentally because of social and racial conditions. What? I mean, it's almost like they're claiming that everybody who, uh, you know, is, is from below the border are all criminals and rapists and murderers. I don't know that anybody would do that within the current confines of our political... Oh, Especially wait. Especially not in office. Wait a minute. Yeah. Normally in office and maybe hopefully so did Hearst... on a dick. I was going to say, did Hearst claim they needed to build a wall to keep us safe from all of these miscreants? Well, they can grow the plants <sighs> That would taller. be very interesting. Um, but I have no idea. Um, so this one, I'm going to censor one word. Just don't um, even because say it. it is. Yeah. Oh I, no, no, as in like I'm not going to oh, say good. it. Oh, you don't I'm even just, need a preamble. So that. when Redacted. I read it without it, yeah. All right, cool. I like redacted. No, actually, surprisingly, not. It is not that. All one. right. Um, I, I have to. I have to check you from time to time. No, you're you're fine. No, I'm not. No. But... no. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Oh, I'm in free speech jail now. <laughs> you got to go to the penalty box. <laughs> Five minutes in the penalty box. I don't want to see that box. That is a <sighs> hockey term, John. I still don't want to. S- I know it's a hockey term. Okay. What you think she doing there <laughs> in the penalty box? She's being punished. The last one. Uh I what didn't know that I was giving a preamble fuck. to that with that quote, and I'm now feeling uncomfortable about my inclusion of it. But uh, edit it the fuck out. Ooh, yeah. Just a sharp right. edit, no I censor. Will... Just a yeah. Jump. Let's keep the let's keep the Django right. hard hard turn away from this. But yeah, that quote so is deplorable. I will, I will I will completely cut that from it. Yep. Um, I quoted that as from an Arizona Republic newspaper editor, um, but that was a lie since. That whole part is part of that. It wasn't a Arizona Republic uh, newspaper editor. Um, the newspaper wasn't listed. Um, Let me guess. Um, white hate <laughs> publication. OAN.com. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Newsmax. Yes, indeed. Um, 
This racism wasn't limited to local newspapers. Oh, no. Uh, one Texas senator said while speaking on the floor of the state Senate, um, quote, all Mexicans are crazy, and this stuff is what makes them crazy. And that senator was Ted Cruz. Who is alive then, Speaking and he's alive a... now because he's a real-life vampire. Indeed. He's just traveling through the ages, still being ugly and covered in pubic hair. Yeah, he's like the opposite of Tom Cruise. He's like <laughs> if a, a quick trip, you dropped a hot dog out of the rolling machine, it went across the floor, picked up everything that was underneath one of the candy aisles, and you brought it back up and put a suit on it. I There's still Ted Cruz. can't believe that he got away with the Zodiac killings. me either and he's back Uh, on the escalator again (laughs) oh he just loves killing there he goes look at him go (laughs) oh boy i do sure love killing he's taking people's rights away there i mean his dad his dad also killed kennedy so i mean it's it runs in the family (laughs) and his wife is ugly according to (laughs) a certain other person. Well, I mean, Why with the pair of them, me? they're fucking American Gothic flashed forward into this century, and I don't care that this is slanderous, because uh, no one's going to hear it, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> soon enough, marijuana had been inexorably linked with racial minorities, jazz and swing music, sexual debauchery, as well as unpredictable and violent behavior. Like Can I call bullshit? Then. Can I call bullshit well, on the jazz before we... Uh, no, it was it has it was linked. Okay, to all right. Yeah, yeah. I I was just thinking you were flashing back to the you know our our earliest episode. So it takes all your bad feelings. Oh, I wish turns them into good feelings. <laughs> all right, Courtney, go ahead. Oh, take it home. Something? I mean, you can't you can't shake on the podcast. I don't it's, know what he's talking. You about. you were saying that is all the good things. I I wasn't sure if there was uh, some other aspect of the joke you were going nope. to. No. Cool. This is her now. This is who she's always been. It's true. You know who I am. Stephen A. Smith. There's not a simple answer to the question, <laughs> when was marijuana made illegal in the U.S.? There's not a simple uh, answer well, to, what year is it? <laughs> Where am I? Um, while most states had passed regulations on cannabis, um, 48 states by 1936, it took time for federal legislation to officially make it illegal throughout the entire country. While the Marijuana Act, or I'm sorry, the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 didn't outright ban marijuana use, it imposed an occupational excise tax upon certain dealers in marijuana and imposed a transfer tax upon certain dealings in marijuana. So essentially, they were just taxing any sort of mainly doctors um, and other such dispensaries or that that an anachronistic you know thing but essentially doctors were getting fined whenever they would um prescribe cannabis as uh you know medicinal okay so it wasn't Um, outright prohibition is what you're saying it wasn't outright prohibition it was not like alcohol all right so Um, they just wanted to tax it out of uh, reasonable use in, in fact, it actually drove so many doctors to instead uh, start prescribing narcotics instead of marijuana for pain management. Wow. Um, let's see. Anslinger pushed for that bill to pass, presenting Congress with sensationalistic Billy Hearst articles and stories of bloody rampages that had supposedly happened while the assailant was under the influence of marijuana. Congress, Congress, 
I've been Congressed. Um, <laughs> damn near killed him. Ha ha. Congress damn near killed I can't her. Walk straight uh, no more. I've been Congressed. <laughs> oh no. Sexual uh, yeah. Congressed. Did you hear what happened to Jane last week? <laughs> she got Congressed. They passed that bill on Capitol yeah, Hill, and now she's been Congressed. We make jokes, but that 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 that's happening. Yeah. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Congress. Being the fair and balanced representatives they are, Bullshit. had a set of. <laughs> did Did you actually put that line there, Michael? Yes. Well, it wasn't a lie; it was sarcasm. But <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> Congress had a set of hearings uh, centered on opposition to the bill. Um, as you can guess, they were extremely short and featured a single doctor from the American Medical Association who opposed the taxation as they were the dealers mentioned in the wording of the bill. Specifically, the bill had mentioned them as dealers as opposed to doctors for some odd reason. I just, it's, you know, in the current opioid crisis that we're presently presented with, you think of all the things that could have been abated or just completely avoided entirety, you know, or in its entirety, if this had not happened. Mm -hmm. And it just boggles the mind. And ensnares mm-hmm. the senses. I mean, just think of the number of Hershey bars that could have otherwise been sold. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's that's consumerism. American industry could have thrived. Also, yeah. um, shoot. Just makes me think of um, 1122 because of that line, like the past harmonizes. So you're looking mm. at things. It's uh, it's different now. Like things are getting better in some areas. But like you look back then, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we've, it's just always been bullshit. So, yeah. After these hearings, Congress voted in favor of the act. Um, It was mostly downhill from there, aside from a brief increase in hemp production during World War II because the demand was not – the demand was very high. And so there was actually – I didn't do a lot of uh, reading into it because I figured my episode was long enough. But there was actually a a push for people to grow more hemp to make uh, things like um, parachutes. Mm uniforms uh, thing. things like that yes, yeah. something durable presumably yes to uh replace um more uh like higher quality products or, or things like nylon and stuff that were being used to make um military equipment in 1951 the bogs act established a mandatory minimum sentence of two to five years for first-time drug offenses and finally Marijuana was included in the Narcotics Control Act of 1956, where first-time drug offenders get 2 to 10 years in prison and a fine up to $20,000, which would be close to $200,000 in today's money. Yeah. (sighs) You've got to love that that was going to give you more time than, like, raping another person. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And that concludes the history of weed in the U.S. up to criminalization. Oh, yeah. um, if there is an interest, then I can do a, not necessarily a, C, a part two, but more like a, a follow-up episode that delves into the history of the war on drugs, how it was, and still is, a massive failure. I was going to say, listen. yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a four-hour a... episode if it happens. Yeah. So if there is interest, then I'll write it, but if not... It's not a color big me intrigued. Want to be a part yeah, two. I think we just uh, birthed two episode ideas inside of this episode. Cool, indeed. I mean, it's just sprouting Sweet. like a weed. I also I realized I I, I probably should do one more before we get to a hundred. 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, we don't want to set ourselves up for failure here, John. Oh, shit. We, we can't delay shows for that long. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a real pickle you put me in here. <laughs> Got to get this thing out by next year, at least. Oh, I should better I should start writing. Uh, speaking of which, uh, you know, is is Courtney got anything in the uh, in the barrel as well before we get going too far? As far as topics. episodes oh, you're, you're topics? planning yeah. to present, I'm working on one um, specifically about MSG. Oh, that's right. I'm working. Oh yes, I remember on you said that. Okay, about the anthropology of tattooing. Nice. So Ooh, nice. Okay, well, I've got a couple companion pieces to this in particular. Is uh, I have the Terrence McKenna and the Stoned Ape theory that I was planning on bringing in, and uh, and then some other random Arizona-based uh, myths that we can throw in here as well. But uh, so yeah, all right. Well, uh, not to digress. So, Mister Michael, did, we got uh, two lies, and you omitted uh, one or eliminated one based yes. on what we were just talking about earlier retconning for all of you who are paying attention up at the start we have been reduced from five lies to four lies because one of them was a bit too touchy for air it was such a good yes. lie yikes it Indeed. was not it's uh all them big um, words yeah so any stabs before i release the other ones <laughs> release the um. other ones as far as were doctors actually getting fined when they were prescribing it, or were they like losing their practice? No, they were getting um, pretty much. It wasn't necessarily a fine, I guess. It was more of the there was a tax, okay. like there it was a sure. big tax that was being exercised. So you can almost think of it as them being fined in a way because they were still trying to prescribe cannabis uh, as opposed to other medications. And the the fact that it is through taxation that they tried to curb the use is also not bullshit. It is not okay. bullshit. All right. Uh, I'm I'm scanning back through all of the relayed information with your photographic uh, memory. <laughs> indeed, yes, to to get us all the way through here. Um. I feel like one of the headlines previously had to have had something that, that went a bit wonky, but uh, if those are all... Your eyes lit up, so I'm assuming they're, those are all factual. They're wow. all factual. Okay. They're all Other true. than the one, I, which I, was omitted. Okay. Yes. Well, no, the, the one that I quoted was Okay, it was true, true just you was uh, just misappropriated. attributed yes, to a wrong right. source. Okay. Yes, well, yes, I, yes. I'm shot. I'm not going to drag this out any longer, so yeah, uh, me give too. me the sweet release, okay. Daddy. Okay, Show so me. the first uh, the first lie uh, actually was the classical history. Um, so weed or the cannabis plant has been used by various civilizations going all the way back to classical Greece. That is true, but the oldest record uh, does not date to Aristotle. It actually dates uh, 100 years before Alexander uh, and Aristotle's time. Uh, it was the Greek historian Herodotus uh, who wrote about cannabis steam baths. Um, taken by Central Eurasian uh, Scythian people. All right. Um, now, is the he wrote? Is, I'm okay. sorry. Is the India's aspect of this though that you quoted that is something that is actually truthful though? No. So the whole Aristotle encountering the plant being ingested by Indian slaves during Alexander the Great's military conquest of the Indian subcontinent was all a okay. Lie. That that whole part was all a right. Lie. Um, though cannabis was used and grown in india at that time right. because it was just it, 
spread everywhere. Um, and I, Alexander the Great did not conquer India. I, he actually was turned back at India, but I'm being a history. But see, and there, that's so why I that I started. That. that was the one thing that I kind of smelt around. But then I was like, I have no frame of reference for this, so I I don't know uh, if the barbarians conquered Gaul. Then uh, uh, moving on. <laughs> so you were saying Herodotus? Um, yes, he wrote the Scythians uh, take some of the this hemp seed and throw it upon the red hot stones. Immediately it smokes and gives out such a vapor as no Greek vapor bath can exceed. The Siths, delighted, shout for joy. And so, so. Uh, that is the revenge of the Scythians. Thank you. I'm sorry, I, I don't have to The, the Scythians uh, deal only in absolute yeah. That's what I've heard. vodka. Yeah. 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 Uh, the second lie, uh, Courtney almost got. Um, I had said that uh, the cop was... Con- the cop? <laughs> the crop was considered a proper form of currency in Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. That is true. But uh, it was not such an important form of currency that it was used as pay during the Revolutionary War. So are you arguing, is your lie just semantics? No. No, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't. Currency. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It wasn't paid. You weren't, soldiers weren't so getting rather paid than, in Yeah, so rather than getting the food, War. as I was joking about, yes. that, you know, the thing so that you, will give you the munchies. You actually got yeah. Shane with bait. That was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like, I think he'll do a voice here. <laughs> I was just trying, trying to make a joke, kid. Ah, he'll do a voice. This is perfect. Um, I could not find a resort. A, resor- a resource. I, I couldn't stay at this I can't resort. Find a resort. <laughs> I was kicked out. Tomato, potato. Um, I could not find a source that gave an explicit answer regarding whether or not soldiers were paid in hemp, but considering all farmers grew hemp in varying amounts. Uh, to the point where even taxes, as a little bit of a cool thing, uh, could be paid in hemp. Uh, I would assume that being paid in something that is already grown plenty back home would not really be received well with soldiers. Um, especially given that they would rather eat than be paid in hemp. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you got the lie about the early version of Coca-Cola uh, having alcohol, indica, chloroform, and morphine, and I know I can't pronounce Clo- that word. Clo-fo? I'm not going to try. <laughs> Clo- uh, the uh, it, it's, I, it has uh, the thing that plants mean? crave, as John would say. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> um, you got that lie, uh, and you got the satanic orgy, and you got, well, the omitted yes. one. The, the Arizona Republic, we'll call it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, well played, my yes. friend. And uh, I'm I'm chuckling all the way through it. I think uh, I have the follow up that the the seed that Courtney and I planted of yes. how we dismount Uh-oh. today. Uh, was it a Scythian seed? Could be. I will shout delighted. We uh, we need to Let know. Me get my uh, we, need, we need to know the answer to this question. Um, Shane and Michael, you pick who wants to answer first. Unlimited power. <laughs> it's very important. I'm too weak. It's very important, and I want you to think very, very hard about it. Uh, do you okay. think? Do you think that your elementary school principal is dead? My response to that <laughs> is: wipe them out, all of them. Sure. Okay. I, I God, know. I hope so. 
I also hope that my my high school assistant principal, who uh, I took that glorious driver's test with, I hope he did as well. (laughs) I'm sure that after he dealt with you, he wished the same thing too. After he made me handle his balls (laughs) and his athletic supporter. Um, One of Becky's patients asked her that deadpan. And it's the best fucking question of all time. And that's the exact verbiage, too. Yeah, I, I, so. tried, I tried to be like, hey, do you still think they're alive? She goes, no, that's not how it was said. You have to welcome, say uh, welcome to John Presents Quotes from the Neurodivergent, our uh, new uh, installment it's all, here it's like weekly a relay, on the show. I yeah. think you could just quote Michael the whole time and be like the same thing. So. I mean, technically, you know, AD, ADHD, you know, it's, <laughs> get that's, some, a, uh, that's a divergency. Ointment for I, that burn. I consider it. Well, thank you for playing the uh, the new game show that everyone's been pining over. the The appropriate answer is yes. I killed him. I can't even <laughs> That's remember what we were my for. elementary school principal. Really? But I'm sure with some therapy, uh, he'd come <laughs> back out. Well, um, my elementary school principal most certainly remembers me, because if I have never told this story to any of you listening, I'm sure oh, Michael and Courtney uh, never of, encountered this. All of the best Shane stories start with... So, uh, my my mother coddled me, in case you haven't <laughs> no paid shit. attention on this I, podcast. Hold, hold the fuck on. We're not going to make this like 20 minutes. But the fact that we're at practice, and Shane said something akin to like, like oh well, we're all or you're quoting Fight Club and you're like oh you're just generation raised by by women or you know uh-huh. raised by our mothers you know be uh-huh. loving or you know we're soft we're cushiony and both Sam and I were like oh no no <laughs> no we, we were beaten mercilessly oh, we were like Sam and I both like had that like shared trauma moment where you're like oh yeah you had to do that kind of shit too oh yeah you didn't really you couldn't express your feelings oh you got in trouble if you cried weird I'll give <laughs> you something to cry about oh yeah. It- uh-huh. And my mom was just like, it's healthy to cry. Whenever you feel down, you should probably just get in the shower and have a good cry, and it will release endorphins and you'll feel better. So you go and do that. And then later on, when she told me I couldn't touch my dick, I was like, you know, that also releases endorphins, Sherry. So, I mean, pick your poison. I said, either take I a wasn't... shower and cry or I spooge everywhere. She goes, How I about I spooge in the shower while crying? Does that work for you? <laughs> <Because> I wasn't <laughs> arguing on which one you do. I just told you I prefer not to be in the room. <laughs> I'd prefer Fine. if you just I'm going to fuck someone else's mom. If anyone's going to fuck my mom. <laughs> no one's going to fuck my mom. That's sad. Anywho, uh, I liked to be home. I, I, uh, My father tried to take me, the first day he tried to take me to kindergarten, I ripped his shirt off of his body. <laughs> Like your claws? <laughs> yes. Like I tore his shirt. He was trying to take me out of the car. I refused. He tried to set me down. I held onto him. So I then, uh, to show you how well my father coped, and this explains his and my dynamic, he locked me in the truck and walked away from me. So he walked like two miles down the road to stop himself from beating me to death, apparently, I think would be my interpretation. Oh my so anyway, Oof. I was kind of difficult to deal with. And so I didn't like to go to parties. I would go to parties. My mom would take me. I would refuse to go in so that they'd have to just take the present they bought for me to distribute and uh, take it hand it and then take me home like i'm i'm not a sociable cat by any stretch so i routinely wanted to leave school to go home to the extent that if it got overcast i had a sense of foreboding that it would snow and i wouldn't be able to go home and i would be trapped there so i would try to get out of school early 
And uh, at one point when I was in second grade, I wrote my own hall pass and went down to the principal's office and handed my hall pass to the secretary and said, I need to call my mother. (laughs) At which point, funnily enough, the uh, secretary of the school was actually best friends with my grandmother. uh, And so knew who I was and appreciated it so much and found it so charming that she allowed me to call my mother with my own handwritten hall pass and phone pass. (laughs) And that story lived in infamy through the entirety of the educational system as I was growing up. And like, oh, this is the hall pass kid. (laughs) Here's the one who thinks that adults aren't going to tell the handwriting of a second grader (laughs) on a little slip of paper. But... uh, (laughs) Which member of our faculty spells their S's backwards? <laughs> Listen, I was a very uh, erudite child, my friend. I said it was just, you know, my, my cursive was a little dodgy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, man. I actually haven't heard that story. That's hilarious. Yep. And I'm, uh, I'm still writing my own hall passes to this day, much to Melissa's dismay. Up but, until, uh... Uh, up until <laughs> like sixth grade, my mom was the school nurse. So there was no getting out of that shit for us. Hello, nurse. Because it didn't mean we'd get to go home. So I actually just tried to stick it out, you know, because <laughs> like I could go, I could go to the nurse's office and like take a nap. Yeah, I could be like, mom, I feel like shit. And she'd be like, no, you don't. And I was like, can I nap? goes no can i nap shut up okay <laughs> she would never See, do this, this is insane. that is actually how her and my relationship was uh, originally <laughs> cultivated <laughs> oh it's been a long time since you've talked about how much you have sex with my mom <laughs> yeah i i went and stuck it out with uh with linda as well and, uh, i'm sure you did <laughs> yep it's a little pacifier <laughs> i've got to be on time I'm going to take your temperature. Hold on. <laughs> no, Shane, no! Uh, why does that thing have mercury in it? <laughs> not supposed to use those anymore. Oh, it's an anal thermometer. Anal? Damn. Well, indeed, yes. Rectum. Damn, damn near. Damn near rectum. Damn near fucked him. Uh, I have no end to this bit, so watch as I execute a small bow. He didn't do anyway, it. Anyway, thanks for listening to this brand new episode <laughs> of uh, the Disinformed Podcast. I'm really happy that you all were able to join us today because it was a lot of fun getting uh, super stoned here with Mr. Michael and company. <laughs> You're dead. John loves this uh, loves this voice so much that uh, this is my stoned voice. This is me trying to talk while holding That's... the weed in. <laughs> anyway... Uh, we have shows that flee from your preferred provider app every marvelous Monday morning, including new episodes of this one, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun for all involved parties. And furthermore, we are on the tubes of you every Wednesday, giving you fabulous fan fiction, including the conclusion of My Immortal, The Squeakwool, which we released this week, or will be releasing, I should say, on Wednesday. We're glad to see it go. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> I I will not be crying at the funeral. Put a I bullet you. in its brain and bury it in wet, wet mud, and let the goths mourn it at a Christina funeral. 
<laughs> but uh, and we also occasionally, you know, dabble with an after dark or two. And we may. Uh, I got a text from Scott earlier whilst we were talking about whether or not he was going to dive in with us this evening. And we'll uh, we'll have to have a chat about that, I think. But in, in any event, we will be getting our good friend from Book Invasion, Scott, on very soon. Uh, even if it might be just Shane doing a little chat with our friend, but uh, we'll finagle something. So uh, thank you all for being here. And of course, if you're enjoying this show, you can give us a glorious and glowing review on your preferred uh, platform. So if you're an iTunes user, go on and, and give us a little rate and review there. We would love to hear from you. Uh, you can do that with Google Play. You can do it anywhere that disreputable podcasts are distributed. We are there, I assure you. So show us some love, and uh, we'll give it right back to you in the form of Michael's address. That's right. That's right. If you I actually, I sent Stephen a picture of Michael's house because he told he asked. me he was very excited. So, so that's... this is not a joke or a drill, folks. It's Come not. on down to Instagram. And only we'll show you a time. Only you can send bees to Michael's house. But the first step to sending bees to his front door is to know what front door that is that you need to send it to. <laughs> Indeed. And contrary to popular belief, I am not the one who sent anthrax to Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad that you cleared the air there, Wayne. I just I just want to, you know, remove any uh, guilt uh, and, and the aspersions cast we're by those who are misinformed. The, we're all looking for the guy who did this. <laughs> and I, I really, I want to make sure that he's caught, the culprit is caught. And it's not, you know... In case you haven't heard this, Rand Paul said Richard Marks did it. <laughs> I'm Fuck not off. kidding. That hell. is no. This is not bullshit. Apparently, Richard Marks had claimed. So, it, all right. I'm sorry. I'm going to devolve. At some point, Richard uh, Richard Marks. Dead gummit. Rand Paul was actually wrestled to the ground by one of his neighbors. <laughs> Because he's oh just God. an ignorant asshole. And so they had some fisticuffs. And so Richard Marks on Twitter said, if I ever have the opportunity to meet Rand Paul's neighbor, I want to give him the biggest hug. <laughs> and then, a, you know, a few days later, Rand Paul receives a package filled with white powder and a, you know, a threatening letter. And so when he's speaking to the authorities, he goes, it has to be this Richard Marks. He's the one who's stirring all these people up. <laughs> So uh, they had a very lovely little segment on um, a late show with Colbert where Richard oh. Marks showed up and, and took credit for having done it and said he's trying to, to rally his, his millions of Twitter followers to take over the globe. And he plugged all his upcoming shows and, and dates and a book that he just released and everything. It was very fun, very clever. I just remembered I actually have something exciting to tell you guys. Oh, wow. <gasps> There are a lot of rumors swirling around that Velocipaster 2 is going to be made. <gasps> so we're going to get a sequel. How does one approach the sunset? Indeed. And uh, why is my name Frank Dolphins? No, it's Frank Dolphins. I actually looked that up because I'm trying to figure out what the next tagline is, what the intro to the show is going to be for season three. So I'm trying to pull interesting quotes or things from the show because I think the MCR shtick is going to have to go the way of the dodo. And we, we need our new By the Eternal Behold. And uh, so I was looking back and uh, one of the uh, ones that I was looking at is uh, Where My Pig. And of course, the ever popular "Why is my name Frankie Mermaids?" Uh, 
So. Sun, but you uh, see, uh, sex is like an ocean. You're drowning in it. And uh, here's the small bow again. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> thank you all for being here. We have social networks and you don't care, so I'm not going to fucking talk about them anymore. Yeah, you, can, it's, uh, you can fucking deduce how to find that shit if you care. Yep. It's pretty official, but if you give us enough pressure for us to get on the platform that the cool kids are using, Michael may Still actually attempt... To, to make them them talk stick instead of just being uh, TikTok. Maybe. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, we got to get the uh, the special shampoo to get those ticks out. But uh, all right. Well, for this week's stirring installment or stony installment, if you want to go uh, of disinformed, I am Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. So long and. So long and yeah. 420 plays it. Legalize it. Pasteurize it. <laughs>